mumble, mumble, talk, 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 laugh, 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 mumble, talk, laugh, laugh. Wait, <laughs> Wait we're recording. Nobody's around to do the sound effects, so I got to do it myself. It really looks kind of pitiful if you probably would walk into this room at the time and see me doing this. Hey, Pat Bulger here, Pack Filler Podcast. I'm in the studio. Week number two, where I'm actually doing a little pre-recorded thing. It's not that I'm doing this intentionally, because you guys are starting to listen a lot more to the live show, and I love that. It's just that the way things have worked out, a lot of the normal characters are are off on wonderful excursions and and doing all kinds of great things with their lives, and I'm sitting here by myself, but I do have a slew of people that I can reach out to, and this is another one of those episodes where I was able to reach out. A little quick update. Paul's in Germany. I think he's on his way back from Germany. It's Paul's probably 19th time of being in, in Germany. I, I exaggerate, but... He gets over there a lot. And in case you guys didn't know, he's he's also, he, he, he's been to Belgium. What? Yeah, I know. Um, Paul's, Paul was over there with his wife. You could probably check out our Instagram page. It became a competition between he and Jack of who could include the Pack Filler logo and focus it around beer drinking of some sorts. I think Paul personally won the contest because Paul walked into a pub where I, it was it was pandemonium. It was like a cool version of a of a frat party, people dancing on tables and having a great time, and and they weren't douchebaggy about it. So that, I think Paul won there. Jack took a whole bunch of other stuff with his his logos on it, our logo on it, and it was a lot of fun. So and I made my really really weak attempt to try to be cool like them and show that I can drink German beer too, and and so here I am again all by myself. All by myself. If you listen to old Green Day, you'd get that reference. All by myself. You probably don't. You probably have no idea what I'm talking about. The Pack Filler Podcast is here. I am Pat Bulger. I am in studio. Wow, the worlds are happening as I speak. I think the junior men's TT was today. It is Monday. What is the date? It is Monday, the 23rd of September. And as I said, worlds are completely underway. I had the guys all make sure to send me their predictions of, I think we did the men's and women's road race, and I think we did the men's TT. And I don't mean that to sound sexist, but I just don't know if we know enough of the action happening within the women's TT. I'm excited to see it happen, but I don't know if we could all make fair predictions across that one. However, we do have our predictions for the men's and women's road races, which are going to be happening this weekend. I don't know if we're going to have a show posted for you before then, but I have all of their predictions and we can hold their feet to the fire on whether or not they knew their shit or not. There we are. This episode is another opportunity for me to talk with my one rapidly becoming one of our regular correspondents for the show, a contributor more than a correspondent. Amanda Batty has been on the show. I think this would be her fourth appearance on the show. It's so much fun to get, be able to have a conversation with her just because of the way she doesn't really give a flying fuck about what anybody thinks but she's got a real lot of really good things to say and once again I just 
I hit the record button and I just let what happens happen. And with Amanda, as always, it is entertaining as shit. It is insightful and she doesn't care who she pisses off. And this time she is a woman with a plan. So you guys, without further ado, Amanda Batty back on the Pack Filler Podcast. Today's guest almost can't be considered a guest anymore. I consider her a genuine part of the show. She took her lumps as well as victories as a professional downhiller for years and walked away, well, basically when she couldn't walk, sustaining a brutal foot injury. Uh, She's a fighter, and as she says, and I get to repeat it, she's feisty as fuck, and she's the one and only Amanda Batty. Amanda, I haven't talked to you for a while. How are you? I am, life is fucking good. (laughs) I am good. I am, I am really good. Well, Um, my first. Thanks for having me on again. No, my first question was going to be, how has retirement been treating you? And Um, and is it retirement? Is it fucking retirement? Yeah, it's retirement. I guess, I guess we can call it retirement. Can we call it retirement? Sure. Um, Why not? Yeah, no, I mean, retirement's been cool. Um, I mean, retirement from racing. Yeah, I lost yeah. my day job earlier this spring. Oh shit! And uh, no, it, it, no, it's actually been a really good thing because, um, kind of with you know, like you mentioned the injury um, in the intro. I think the last time, fuck, when, I don't even know when the last time we talked it, was, but it was the, right when you were getting back, right when you were basically getting, you know, you were moving around again. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So so I started moving around and. Uh, I, I met someone new, um, turned out to be a massively pivotal human, um, kind of in my evolution yeah. from, from what I viewed as sort of a cripple. I mean, I still joke about being a cripple, but, um, into a normal human. And yeah. I think that for a lot of people to go from an elite professional athlete, kind of at the top of the top of the top, um, you know, to be top 20 in the world, that's kind of a, that's, it's a weird feeling and it's a weird, um, it's sort of a weird place to be. And then to go to nothing, I guess, and not nothing, but you know, like, I mean, professionally wise, professional, you know, elite athlete wise. Um, that's a really random feeling. And, uh, it's been, it it definitely, I didn't think it would cause an identity crisis. You know, I, I was kind of one of those people who was like, Oh, I have, a million identities like this isn't going to be a big deal and it, it yeah. was a huge fucking deal <laughs> it's a huge i was so wrong um but it, it, you know it was one of those it was one of those really cool things because in that in being wrong i kind of was able to progress into an area of discomfort and extreme sort of emptiness this blankness this sort of this blank canvas almost my life became this blank canvas that i didn't I didn't have to keep trying to be an athlete. I didn't have to keep trying to even be involved in the industry. And so as things morphed and changed and started kind of turning into what they're still growing into, I guess, um, this new lack of identity (laughs) has emerged and that's been really cool. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, long story short, super long form answer as usual, Retirement is fucking awesome. And um, I had an identity crisis and it sort of morphed into this rad space for things that I recently announced. Well, that fucks up a lot of people. 
I mean, you spend so much time focused on something so singular and so specific that, I mean, it takes over your entire life. There's no monetary gigantic value in it. Let's be honest about women cycling versus oh, men no cycling. Money yeah. yeah. So you're you're scraping and struggling by for this one sole objective for so long and you have to get I've always I've always personally felt that if you are reaching the pinnacle of a sport, you have to be selfish. You have to be solely focused on oh, one specific yeah. thing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's over. It's well and, and that's the thing is it's my whole life like getting up at 6 a.m. Yeah. Going for a run, going for a ride, going to the gym. I had a schedule. 6 a.m., yeah. empty stomach workout, breakfast, sponsor work, day job work, work for three or four or six hours, whatever needed to happen, lunch, another workout or a ride, dinner, and then reading another workout if I had energy or like there, there was a yeah. schedule. My whole life was built around being an athlete. And I think that for a long time, because I had a day job, because I had all these other interests, you know, quote unquote, whatever, I thought that I wasn't, that I wasn't going to miss it. And my entire schedule, my entire life had sort of been structured around like my pet sitter and my house sitters and, you know, my, my, (laughs) all of these, all of these things, all of this scheduling, all of this time that I spent sort of constructing my life was now you and it was gone. Yeah. It was just, it was it, and it wasn't just over. It was gone because by the time I finished the ho- I left the hospital and finished rehab and started working again and started walking again. Even there was this massive time span where the world had continued to spin, and my life was on this indefinite pause. Like, yeah. will I lose my leg? Won't I lose my leg? Oh, Am I walking? Jesus. Like, will I be able to walk again? And so it was, it and it. it it fucks you up. It fucks your whole timeline up because everything that you were, you are no longer. And it, for a while I was just like, who am I? Yeah. What am I doing? What is my, and you kind of, you kind of, you, I think you can either fall back into really destructive habits, which I've seen a lot of people do. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Or I think you can sort of use those questions to move move forward, which has been really interesting, um, especially because, you know, my boyfriend kind of came into my life at a really crazy part. Um, everything has changed. Everything is different. Nothing is the way that I planned it or I thought it would be or even I saw it being. Um, wow. Yeah. Shit's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you were given a, you know, a nice retirement party and a gold watch. It was the accident it was am i going to walk again it was i mean i don't i don't know what the behind the scenes was like with the, the your your sponsors and all that kind of stuff but to to hang all that up it's just it just seemed like it was almost a there was no grand fanfare parade it, you seemed oh. like you were just stuck yeah and 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 after the crash after like i deleted my facebook after everything yeah. i didn't and that's kind of the funny part is i didn't consult a single one of my sponsors about my retirement really really i and that was okay like i'm i'm gonna be really honest that may have been a little bit fueled by some heavy opiates <laughs> um like one of those rash like unwise decisions that yeah. actually was kind of smart like yeah. the whole contract negotiation the whole conversation about like oh by the way i want to retire i just came out and announced it and was just like 
fuck it, here we go. I'm done. <laughs> it was it was kind of like that scene, like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm yeah. Out. Yeah. But oh, at the same shit. time, it was also this huge opportunity, I think, and for a lot of my sponsors, like like SDG and Industry Nine, like you have these companies that actually care about their athletes. They care about us as people. Yeah. Especially SDG, and they have been phenomenal. Tyler has been one of those people where he's, you know, Amanda Noman is part of that situation and part of the company. And it's just a really good group of people. And they're like, you know what, whether you are racing or competing or doing whatever else you're doing, like we're happy to be part of whatever comes next. And that was actually in an, um, I got that in an email from Tyler after I announced my retirement. And he's like, honestly, kind of a surprise, but we're happy to be part of whatever comes next. And, and to have people like that behind you, as an athlete and then as a person, um, that's, yeah, that's not normal. That's, no, it's not normal. No. It's certainly not normal, but I'm kind of not a normal athlete. So, <laughs> so um, I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, it, do you miss it? Oh, so much. Okay, really? Because I, I, you know, I've been, you know, you and I communicate via, yeah. you know, 120 yeah. characters or whatever it might be but um <laughs> and i'm seeing you getting back on out and riding again and things like that and it started off I, I the progression of hikes uh to hopping on two wheels again i think i saw some cruisers in there and then i yeah. i'm seeing this evolution happen and um i remember when i kind of backed off from racing and mind you my backing off from racing is like fuck you know it's nothing compared to what you're talking about but but I remember I couldn't go to a race. I, I wouldn't go and watch because it would just eat me up inside. Are you at that phase or are you past that phase? Um, I'm kind of not there whatsoever. I'm, really? I'm sort okay. of in limbo because I've been... So last year after I was injured in early October before I got sick again, yeah. I went to a race with my leg. This is like after I announced my retirement, but... I felt like it was my job to show up and be there. And I wanted to see my friends and I wanted to support the Groms and I wanted to cheer people on. And, and I think that that sort of that early immersion early and often, yeah. um, that sort of immersion. And then this spring, um, I went to the party at Paha that, uh, Texas trail party or team trail party threw on these guys from Texas, amazing group. Um, but I went to that and I didn't compete, but I showed up and I, I was there to support and I took, you know, I took my boyfriend, Mark, and we kind of just showed up and sat in the wings and just watched and like chilled. Um, and then I went to nationals uh, a couple of months ago. I went to mountain bike nationals and honestly, that was surreal um, because for the past seven years as a pro, I have been, I've been in the fence, you know, like I've yeah. been between the tape. I've been in the pit. I've been, you know, training or rehabbing or, Mm -hmm. and I, and I told, you know, I said, I said to Mark, I said, this is the most, this is the strangest feeling because I'm at this race and this race where I've never, that race, you know, nationals, I've never been outside of the top five contenders, not once in my pro career was I ever outside of the top five. And so for me, that positioning was always sort of a, it, it was a, it was, it was, there was this, it was a pressure cooker for mm-hmm. me that I, that I sort of thrived on. 
And so to be at nationals and outside of the scope of competitive, like there was no reason for me to be there, really, quite frankly. Um, and I went up sort of looking for a job, seeing, kind of feeling, putting up feelers. And I ended up walking away with a really, um, my frustration with nationals and kind of how things were run. Um, that's a different rant for a different day. Yeah. Um, yeah. but thing, my frustration at how things were run, my frustration at the competitive field, my frustration at the payout or the lack thereof, um, all of these things sort of compounded to make me, and then my frustration and not racing. I, I, I absolutely believe that it was this subconscious sort of latent rage at not being able to to play the game mm-hmm. that that sort of fueled what ended up turning into this nonprofit idea. Yeah. Um, and and that has sort of kind of been sitting in the back of my mind for a couple of years now. You know, kind of kicking around. Um, but you know, rage is kind of a powerful tool and one that has been, um, I've used it before, um, to make (laughs) shit happen, but it's, it was different this time. It was sort of this inescapable, it was almost, it was kind of depressing because nothing had changed from where I stood as a competitor to where I stood as a, as, as an onlooker. Yeah. Um, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed about the course setup. Nothing has changed about the course marshals. Nothing has changed in so much that I told Mark, you know what? Fuck this shit. Really? Fuck everybody here. I'm showing up next year and I'm going to race. <laughs> and really? I mean, really? that is, I mean, like that is the most, I mean, and, and it was kind of the return of the ego yeah. for me. It was a bit of like this, all of my sweat, all of my blood, all of my tears, and nothing has fucking changed um, sort of thing. And and that was a huge source of kind of angst. I haven't been to an event since then, um, which is kind of telling. But, yeah, I, I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. I miss so many things about it. I miss, I miss being – I miss going fast. I miss going fast enough to make a statement. I yeah. miss going fast enough to – uh, be relevant? No, I'm just, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also not. Kidding. Um, you know what? No, uh, you know what? It's it's first of all, it's it's a classic. You know, and I don't mean to say it, it the way I'm gonna say it, but it's it's an addiction. It's something that is oh, slowly, slowly, and you and I talked about this earlier this spring. Yeah, and then that all of a sudden it stops. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm I'm an alcoholic, and now I can't drink ever again. And I'm looking at my beer across the bar from me. But um, but those types of things, you have to. All of a sudden, I'm done. I, I'm that's it. I'm over. And that yeah. that's brutal. Um, does do, okay. Let's let's switch this a little bit because I want to get to the job and I want to get to what you're thinking of and what we what this whole thing is about. But I want to find out what cycling gave you that you are going to still use today what what was what built what character traits what things like that about you you're you're one of the you're a strong fucking woman and um i want to know what cycling gave to make that about you okay i have to take a wine break um i'm actually filling my glass right now in the kitchen so um (laughs) i can hear it that's awesome (laughs) red or white red or white red always red okay Okay. No. Um, okay. So now they're laughing at me. 
but um, <laughs> this is I like. <laughs> like what the fuck? Anyway, so I mean, it's cycling. Cycling as an addiction, it gave me, it gave me this huge amount. This it gave me everything that I am. It taught me all of these skills that nobody ever teaches you. Yeah, and gives you all of these abilities to discern and because you it is a it's an individual pursuit it is a situation where you are alone you especially especially as a down especially as a female downhiller in the u.s nobody gives a fuck about us <laughs> like like straight up like i'll be real it's no. like okay usa cycling doesn't even give a fuck about us because we had a 17 year old elite female champion and i would put a hundred fucking dollars on the fact that if she had been male it would have been in the goddamn new york times and yeah. it was nowhere Nobody talks about it. So imagine that climate, any job, any addiction, imagine that climate. Nobody gives a fuck about you. There are no resources, which is why two years, two or three years ago, maybe four, I I published a guide. I said, you know, so you want to race a world cup. Here's how you do it. Because in, it took me three, it took me three years to figure out how to race a world cup. It took me three years. Jesus. On how it took me because I had to hunt down so many goddamn resources to figure out how the fuck to even write because it's not on the USA cycling site. It's not on any, (laughs) it's not on these, it's not on these sites because it's this elitist bullshit, but you learn, but that's the thing is so I, I, I can bitch and moan about that shit on one hand. I can, I can whine and, I can lament, right, about how exclusive, how prohibitively expensive, how yeah, utterly, I mean, they bury the information because they don't want people doing it. They don't want to figure out, they don't want oh. anyone doing it. Like, let's be real. And, and they don't want that. Don't get me started so, on our performance level because of oh, that. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, our performance yeah. level is fucking absurd because of that, because, because of this exclusive bullshit gatekeeping i mean don't even get me like like you said don't even get me started but it also (laughs) on the other hand so you have all of this that is infuriating but on the other hand it also taught me this extreme sense of independence and self-sufficiency because the thing is is what i realized when i realized that usa cycling and nobody else gave a single fuck about me is that it was also my job to get shit done nobody was going to step in and do it not my federation not any race or because they don't fucking care and it's not that they like as far as race organizers it's not that they don't care it's that they don't have fucking time to care because they have zero support past the local level they have zero support yeah and so and so when you talk like and there are race organizers who give a fuck there are so many racers who care there are so many race organizers out there who care so fucking much that they have burnt themselves they literally have adrenal burnout because they do so much for the kids in their region they do so much for the racers they do so fucking much but there's nobody else there to support them and so at that level you learn this this strange like superhero-esque you develop this ability to be so incredibly self-sufficient that anytime anyone comes up and they're like, well, you don't deserve to be here. And you're just like, oh the fuck I don't <laughs> because 
and and that was kind of my attitude after a couple of years of that after years of like searching of how to race like how to get points what races to go to because there was no guidance you just kind of learn like this okay well and so it just kind of became like this childhood habit that I had well if nobody will help me then fuck you I'll yeah. do it myself and unfortunately yeah. that has tur- sort of turned into a not unfortunately it's turned into a cycle let's just say it's just turned into a cycle um but then when people were like well you who the fuck are you my my response was always like i'm the person who got herself the fuck here yeah yeah so feel free to have anything that and and i think that that i mean so on one hand you can look at it you know the self-sufficiency argument it, it expands to a much wider perspective too because it's not just about self-sufficiency it's versus nobody fucking cares it's also about okay so on one hand it's an addiction on the other hand it has given me everything i've ever learned it is it is literally the best handbook and the best teacher i've ever i've ever had it's the only thing that has ever mattered as far as a life cycle educational pamphlet yeah the 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 uh the stubborn asshole's guide to life like here's how to do it just keep fucking up and eventually you'll like something will click you know no but it it, it, that's what downhilling was for me especially racing at that level um it's an addiction yeah and i do miss that i miss the highs and the lows and the gambling everything away every week and i fucking miss that just like an alcoholic or a gambling addict would well, but I'm, um, I'm also talking about, you know, I'm, I, I just from what I've gotten to know you, you know, and I don't know you before your cycling career and things like that. I'm I'm nobody does. Well, there's this resilience. <laughs> there's this there's this resilience. There's this, you know, fear of a very few people on the planet. I have not yet met a person that you haven't been able to say, hey, fuck off. I'm going to do it this way. I mean, did cycling build this confidence? Did cycling build any of these type of, of, of character traits in you that you now find? that you can take elsewhere and just crush it. Yeah. Um, yeah. cycling gave me all of that because cycling also made me a feminist. Cycling also gave me the ability to see that authority is horseshit. I mean, I've kind of looked at it the, that way my whole life. I'm kind of, I'm kind of an anarchist but at the same time. <laughs> respect is earned. Authority is rarely done. Yeah. Like the rare authority is rarely earned. Um, and especially in the case of USA cycling, especially in the case of the UCI, those motherfuckers, and I'm going to say that those motherfuckers running the UCI and the motherfuckers running USA cycling are jokes, quite frankly. And I will say that loudly. I will say it (laughs) like proudly, like, you know what? Fuck that shit. And, and the things that cycling has taught me most effectively is that all of the assholes that everybody's afraid of, sure, they might have the power to to not get you to world champs, but you know what they can't do, especially in the age of social media is shut you up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you a thousand percent on that. And on it, like, and and I think, and and I think that my irreverence when it comes to authority or my outright disdain comes from the fact that when someone proves to me that they're worthy of being, being in charge, then yeah, you know what? I'll accept that authority. When they're when leaders actually decide to be fucking leaders, then we'll have a conversation about who can lead. But until that happens, until they actually d- decide to step up to the plate, until Pink Bike decides to be 
worthy of the great oh my fucking god can we please talk about that like the great gravity of the almighty authority that is pink bike are you fucking kidding me it's a bunch of bros sitting around touching themselves and talking about downhill like can we please have a comp and then like okay yeah maybe i'd have a glass of wine and you know what can we please talk about the fact that 95% 95% of the authority in the cycling world is completely unearned. Yeah. Completely and entirely unearned. And I'm not an authority. I'm just some asshole who won't shut up. But, but the, like, we there's need... also, the fact is, like, when, 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 so when I look around, and going back to the fear thing, like, I'm not scared yeah. of anybody, anybody because they don't know what the fuck they're doing either. Oh, amen. You've just defined adulthood. They have everybody, and that's the thing. That's the like, that's the whole bullshit thing. Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, no. and everybody's running around pretending like they do and saying, "Hey, look at me! I know what I'm doing." Shut the fuck up! You have no <laughs> idea what you're doing. None of us have any idea what we're doing. And then by the time we figure out any even like a small iota of what we're doing, we die, <laughs> and that's the end. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, like, nobody knows what the fuck they're. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. No, exactly. Like, like I wake up in the morning, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Hey, you know what? I'm not dead. Today is a, that's a good starting point. <laughs> Let's start by putting Honestly? on our pants. Yeah, exactly. And if I can get my pants on on the first try, that is also a great success. Sometimes it takes me five or six times. And then I just, I skip the pants and go straight for the t-shirt. Yeah. Cause today is not a pants day. Yeah. Okay. It, no. It's one of those things. I don't know. You, you know me, like it's one of those things where I have I have opinions, capital O. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 you can't you can't claim authority to things that you haven't done and to experiences you haven't lived. And there are so many people in the cycling world who are a hundred and fifty percent full of shit. Yeah. And until that ends, like honestly, until we have people who ask more questions than they and here I am ranting about this, like ironically and hilariously enough until people ask more questions than they think that they have the answers to we're not going to have solutions and that's part that's a huge part of the problem is we have humility lack of humility there's no and and that's yeah and, and exactly yeah there's no there's no curiosity there's no inquisitiveness there's none of this extremely value and 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 they there's this there's this extremely insular refusal to look for even the option that there might be another answer to a question they don't even know exists yet. Yeah. And so, and, and as much as like, as much as I kind of, I, I know I come off as this egotistical, cocky, arrogant, know-it-all. Um, I think that's also where my extreme power lies is because I, I'm, I'm an idiot. I have no idea what anything is. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like mucking it up and fucking everything up along the way. But you're like, you're also open to the fact to say that I there are areas I don't know what I'm doing. Please fucking somebody show me what's going on. And once I know it, okay, I've got my opinions formed around it. Yeah, and I, and I but isn't that, I mean like that's the basis of any proper education? Yes, is saying absolutely. But nothing. a lot of people aren't doing it, and and a lot of people in the bike industry aren't doing it. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of they have all these preconceived notions. They have these biases. They have these beliefs. Like like quote unquote, uh, women don't buy gear. Someone actually said that to me about five years, five or six years ago. Women don't buy gear. And I looked at him and I was like, 
okay, automotive guy in 1965. <laughs> women actually do buy gear, but and I wrote a whole piece on it that nobody has, still has read. Like the clicks are extremely low. People click on my shit, especially <laughs> the shit smart shit that doesn't swear. There's not a single swear word in that goddamn piece. No, so I wrote a piece on I wrote a piece on diversity and I talked about how in the 1950s, 60s and 70s, um, the automotive industry is actually killing people because of their lack of diversity. And I've talked about it on other podcasts where um, P, the automotive industry was killing people with seatbelt heights because their seatbelt heights yeah. were all built around the average American male yeah. who at the time was anywhere between 5'11 and 6'1. So if you have seatbelts that only that safely only clear the carotid artery, the the larynx, you have you have seat, you have seatbelts that only successfully and safely clear people between the height of 5'11 and 6'1, you have an entire population of people who are driving that are completely at risk of being totally decapitated. That's a fucking problem. <laughs> like You've got a massive problem in your hands. So basically a research, uh, a, a department of research went in in the, in the late 1980s, early 90s, and they realized that the lack of diversity in the automotive industry alone, seriously, the lack of diversity of engineers, product designers, floor managers, and um, and floor manager, uh, and uh, the the guy, like the, the quality control guys. Yeah. They were all six foot, they were all between 5'11 and 6'1 and white. So their lack of diversity was literally killing people. Jesus. And so you look at that in any other market. You look at that in the bike industry. You look at that in the entertainment industry. You look at that in literally any other. You look at that in tech. You look at that in – fuck, you look at that in food. You look at that in every industry on the planet, and you suddenly realize that your four foot ten Asian woman is not going to have the same physical – the same physical sizing as someone who is six foot one and white and male. And that, and that's, and, and so my thing is that our lack of diversity and the lack of curiosity, that's, and that's what it ultimately boils down to is it's not just lack of diversity. It's lack of curiosity. It's the, it's the missing link. It's nobody's asking questions of it's not who's our ideal consumer. It's who are we not serving? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's what are we not, where are our empty spaces? So everybody you know, a lot of people want to say, oh, Amanda Batty's so negative. Oh, she's so critical. Oh, she has all of these problems. The thing is, is I have a lot of fucking problems. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but I mean, like, can we talk about the fact that I also have suggested mil literally millions of solutions to the same problems that I presented? The problem of diversity, the problem of not having sizing, the problem of quote unquote Women don't buy gear. Women actually do buy gear, and that's why there's women-owned gear companies because yeah. there was literally no fucking offerings for women. Exactly. So they went out and started their own company. That's like an expensive task, yeah. by the way. That's an incredibly un expensive undertaking. And you have, you have all these women who have gone out and started their own companies. Literally started their own fucking companies yeah. because their offerings were so paltry. And so you can't, and they're doing, and that's, that's the thing. Those companies are doing well because they have a diverse staff. They have women, they have men, they have everything in between. They're not binary. They're not one gender. They're not one race. They're not one ethnicity. Like, and so you have all of this diverse opinion. You have all of this opportunity to create what is ultimately the perfect, like the perfect fucking product. 
All right. And all you have to do is hire people. So here's where I want to take you. Here's where I want to take you. You are you there is there is passion coming out of your pores and and you have been involved in all of this. You have been on the inside, you have been behind the scenes, you as you say it between between the tape, the rose of tape, mm-hmm. right? Um Yeah. And now this this opportunity for this quote unquote dream job pops up. Uh, I don't, now tell me about this. I don't know anything about the perspective of this. Give me some perspective of what's going on and how this came about and where you fit in all this and what this whole perspective is. I know that's a so, lot to ask. Well, okay. So um, to preface it, yeah. my dream job is basically being able to be an asshole <laughs> and to point out all the holes <laughs> And to exercise my very strong critical thinking skills, yeah, and get paid for it. That's my dream job. Um, no, so so this dream job thing. Um, I mentioned earlier the nationals debacle, national champs debacle. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I was so fucking angry that I literally went to the woods and yelled at the sky for like ninety minutes. Oh. I was enraged by a myriad of things, right? Like as always. Um. But this perspective that I have from being on the inside, being on the outside, being involved in so many different things, I realize that there's a massive fucking hole in the industry and that we keep referring to the industry to solve it. Like I could get industry sponsors and I was like, wait, those industry sponsors, once they give you money, they kind of control the end product. So uh, what in that's the definition of insanity is keep is continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results. That's that's literally the definition of insanity. You cannot continue to do to exhibit the same patterns and expect different results because then you're just going in a fucking circle. And so I started, I started like kind of brainstorming as I was yelling. My boyfriend was like, okay, it's cool. You're cool. Just scream at me, <laughs> scream at the sky. And, uh, and I realized that going out of industry, fuck the bike industry, fuck the entire cycling world and fuck everybody in it who is not interested in progress. That is an important part. I didn't say fuck everybody in the bike industry. No, I said, Fuck everybody in the bike industry who is not industri- interested in progress. I believe we quote did, unquote. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, like that's what I said. Um, so no, I'm so with it you. Started getting, so it started getting to this point of where I was so infuriated with this stagnancy. I'm still infuriated with this. We're we're fucking we're a fucking pond of piss water at this point. The mosquitoes <laughs> are circling. The vultures won't even drink. It's shit and the only the only salvation that the bike industry has is e-bikes really oh my god i the never thought i would have heard that, that come the out bike of you industry has resurrected what? is a motorcycle okay <laughs> well done folks Let's call it a day are you fucking kidding me they... are you fucking kidding me <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Our solution to a dying industry is put a motor on it. Yep. At and and that's, and supersize it with fries. Supersize it with fries. Supersize it with a fucking coke and fries. Yep. Yep. Like, are you? And then that's the thing is like we have lost. So so the thing is like cyclists used to be badasses. We used to be renegades. We used to have all of these brilliant ideas, and then it we died. Somewhere along the way, we lost our balls. We can't tell we can't tell anyone to go fuck off or else, oh, she's a whiner. No, you know what I said? I didn't I wasn't whining. It was pretty clear. I said, fuck you. 
Yeah. And that's and and that's and that's the delineation I think that the, that's the problem is nobody is able to say fuck you, I'm done with your shit and walk away. And that's ultimately what this nonprofit is about. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Fuck you is not our slogan. No. Um <laughs> shit, that would be good. That'd be so really good. I just <laughs> but but what what is this, you know, if nah, I don't want to say the words mission statement because I fucking hate that shit when people ask me for that. <laughs> but uh, but, you know, you're you're making this uh, and I need to know about the whole thing through Paha and what and what that whole deal is. So. So the Bicycle Project is a nonprofit and it is basically fuck you in bicycle <laughs> form. It is giving I'm in it is getting people onto wheels regardless of anything that stands in the way. Yeah. However we can. That's the motto. More butts on bikes, however we can. And that is the biggest, giant, most giant, most effective fuck you I could possibly come up with. So in a way, it's kind of like a personal vendetta and it's a, you know, it's a tax write-off. I'm, I'm kidding. But it's also, <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, it's a passion project. It's a serious dream of mine. And it came about because it finally came about. So I, dream, I dreamt it up at, I dreamt up the final sort of this final version of it that I've been building since the bike giveaway in uh, January of 2018 that started shortly after I moved here. Um, And so this nonprofit has basically like, it's, it's kind of, it took a little while. It's, it's sort of, it's been boiling. It's been percolating in the back of my mind. And, um, and finally at nationals, I was like, you know what, we're going to do it. And then it kind of took a back burner again and it got kicked to the back of my head with life and everything else that's going on. And then, um, so someone sent me a fucking link to the Prana dream job application, right? And I thought, well, $100,000 is a lot of fucking seed money. I've started companies before. I've started nonprofits before. Yeah. Um, and $100,000 in four $25,000 increments is a lot of goddamn seed money, especially when it's pretty much obligation-free and all you got to do is film some videos and show everybody the progress, right? So I thought, well... I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to apply. I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm just going to fucking film a video and it had to be under three minutes. So it's basically an elevator pitch. I need to add after looking at all the videos, a lot of the other videos, yours was the only one that, that was three minutes on the dot. So I just want to say as, as as an anal retentive person, it was two minutes, 59 seconds, point one (laughs) six. I will have you know. <laughs> I just, I looked through some of the other ones and I went, no, no, that's 326. You're fucking out. That's, that's 318. You're gone. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, if I were Prana, I would be like, you know what? Fuck you. You're three minutes and 0. 0.03. Like, I'm a racer. <laughs> you got to be in under the line to the hundredth second. Yeah. Or else you're fucked. Yeah. Like, I know, like, if there's one thing I know, it's about time. So, and so, so someone sent me the application and I was like, I will, I'll do this. I'll do this crazy fucking thing. I'll put my fat face on the internet oh and God. we will, we'll, we'll make it, we'll make it as dull as I possible. And so I did it. And so a friend of my boyfriend's Matt Powell, he's fucking amazing, incredible human being, um, kind of his own, a badass in his own right. So he helped me do the video and basically like one day he took eight hours of his day, put this fucking video together and, um, and then I thought, you know, the chances of me getting $100,000 from a company are incredibly slim. So, like I said in the post, um, it was kind of a, all right, why not me? Yeah. Why not now? Why not us? Why not just 
fuck waiting. Fuck waiting for the right time. Fuck waiting for permission. Fuck waiting until your life is less chaotic. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. And and so and that's when I posted the video and um and then the next day I thought, you know what? And Mark and I were talking and um and honestly like the, a lot of credit goes to him because having I think for me for a long time um I've kind of I've I've been my own worst enemy. I've kind of second guessed, guessed and second guessed and third guessed and fourth guessed myself um into sort of oblivion into not actually pulling the trigger on these really amazing things and not following through. But then, you know, Mark was like, just fucking do it. Just send it. Like, what is, what's, you know, what's the, what's, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I think that having someone behind you, and I mean, yeah, the worst that's going to happen is we're going to crash and fucking burn. It's going to suck. But you stated in the, you stated in the video that it's, this is something that is established, that it's, that it's going. And, and, and for the, the average listener who's turning into this podcast, what, what is it you you want to do? Let's say you win this hundred grand. What what is it? That, what right. is it that you're you're taking say on I, and going? This is the first thing I'm going to do. And this is what I'm going to yeah. do. Yeah. Say I win a hundred grand. Um, we've already established that we can give bikes away and we can give them away in a hurry here in New Mexico, and it matters. And there's a native youth program. It's called Youth on the Move. Um, and incorporating with that, and then the Air Force Base that's here. And the Refugee Wellness Program at UNM, which are a few of the programs we worked with to give bikes away two years ago or January 2018, there is so much fucking opportunity here to do good things. And so what it comes down to is the ability to make change with what we're given. And so yeah. two years ago, it was 250 bikes, right? Now, if it's $100,000, that's seed money. So what we do is we take it to the bank and we get $500,000 because no bank is going to tell a nonprofit, oh, you have $100,000? Sorry, we can't loan you four hundred. They absolutely will. You yeah. walk into any bank with a hard copy business plan and you say, I've got $100,000 cash. I need you guys to loan me some money. No comp- no bank. bank. That's not how banks work. Yeah. So with seed money or even without seed money, and that, and that was the kind of that was the hinge point for me. What would I do with the seed money? And where was my effort if I didn't get it? What was I, what am I fucking doing with my life anyway? I'm a crippled pro athlete. Like I'm a crippled ex pro athlete. What am I doing? And so, you know, you go to a bank with a hundred thousand dollars of seed money, or you go to a bank with $500 of seed money. And you say, listen, this is what we have. This is what we want. This is what we're doing to get what we want with what we've got. Yeah. Will you help us? Are these... and, and ultimately the goal is to give bikes to kids. It's to get okay. kids and adults and people on bikes. It's to build more trails. It's to give, fuck, here we go. So no, it's now we're talking. School... Now we're talking. Yeah, exactly. It's this to is give what... after school and weekend mechanics clinics. It's to provide business and athletic career coaching to people who want it. If you, honestly, if you want to be a, and, and ultimately, and, and that's what I said in the video is I want to build a pro team. I want yeah. to build a pro team that's funded by the nonprofit. And while we're giving bikes away, all of the members of that pro team have to do at least 90 days of community service a year. It's like a jail sentence, but you get paid. <laughs> I want to give full benefits to those team members. And I want to give those kids a way to progress through, not, not through the bike industry, but around it. Yeah. I don't want them going through the bike industry. You know what? Fuck your sponsors. We'll do it ourselves. Fuck your bullshit. Fuck your contracts. 
Fuck the fact that you have kids coming out of high school with a factory contract, and six years later, when they're paralyzed, they don't have an education, they don't have a savings account, they don't have a retirement fund, they don't have health benefits. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. You know when you're so what we're doing, we're going to give kids a bike, then we're going to get them through school. We're going to give them a Nike high school team, and then after that, if they want it, they can have their own pro athletic career, or they can start their own shop that takes care of people because they give a fuck. Now you're talking. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, now you're talking. When you you mentioned things like teaching kids mechanics skills, you're talking about yes. um, shop. trail building. Yeah, new trail bike building. paths, yeah. not just bike trails, but new bike paths. Yeah, new bike paths built and funded by federal and state grants because that money is there, and we may as well take it. Oh That's God. what we're doing. What because do you- it is there, and it, we need it. Communities need it. We don't need another motherfucking freeway. You know what this world needs? We need a goddamn, we need 100 miles of bike path. That's what we need. What are you going to say to somebody like uh, the Prana, for example, who's who's putting this whole thing forward, who who sits down with you and says, um, Amanda, we, we like what you're doing. We think it's all great, but uh, you're dropping too many F-bombs. You need to pull it back. I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say that's fine. Really? We appoint we appoint a CEO to be in charge of the nonprofit. Yeah. And I will develop the vision. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want it attached to my name. I don't want it attached to my reputation because honestly. Oh, really? Because quite, you are such honest, It's not about me. But you are At such a dynamic day, you are such a dynamic character and I don't mean character to belittle anything because no, uh, but, uh, but that's but that's the best part Pat. you make it's people excited me. you make people it's excited not, about this shit but but it but is about, about you me. it's about but it's about two wheels and it's about because okay. the thing is is if it's about me my entire shadow my entire story overshadows the individual story of the people involved yeah if it if it's centered around me, the story of how bikes saved my life, me, me, me. And that's the <laughs> crippling factor of all of these nonprofits that I've helped build, yeah. I've worked with, I've watched, I've donated to, is you have this one person who the entire story, the entire vision, the entire brand is built around. And so that person has to be, they have to be a superhero. They can't be human or they have to be dead. Yeah. And I'm not dead and I'm certainly fucking human. And so to start a project where I am not the face of it, I'm not the forerunner of the brand, that's what I want. I want a dynamic team that can take my vision. And even if I die in a fiery sidewalk scooter crash, I'm like, I want them to be able to march forward because they believe in the vision, not because they believe in me. Wow. That's what I want. I don't, I don't want to be the fucking face. I don't want to be the fucking and, – th- and that's the thing is I was going to launch the nonprofit – without being involved in a couple of years when everything had quieted down. But honestly, I don't, I, I don't, it's not about me. But it and helps. And it's not now when. Yeah, no, okay, I agree with you. Uh, and uh, you do need to understand the dynamic of who you are, though, and what mm-hmm. that contributes to the entire. But I agree with you. And no, and I, I, I can think of a lot of different nonprofits or corporations or whatever it might be that focus around one single identity and how that is a prescription for failure. I'll give you, I'll give you, you want to hear three? Yeah. I'll give you three. I was going to say fucking Papa John's. (laughs) 
Papa John's. Papa John's. Yeah. Livestrong. Oh. And Gate Foundation. Why didn't I pick Livestrong first? Everybody Papa knows Papa John's, Livestrong, yeah. and the Gates Foundation. All three of them have problematic white men at their head. Oh, and you wow. know what's the problem with those fucking foundations? You know why donors stop donating? Is because the person at the forefront was so egotistical that they had to be the face of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to say, like, dude, I love Lance, like, whatever. But there comes a point when it's time to say, I do not fucking matter. What matters is this mission. And if you can back away from what you've built with love, if you can hand it off and you can say, I have built this thing, but it is bigger than me. Yeah. Please take this. And I'm doing that from the beginning. This vision, it needs like, okay, I'm its mama. So for the next nine months, next two years, next 10 years, whatever it needs, I will be there. I will fucking I will bring a goddamn bazooka to a knife fight if I have to. (laughs) And I will kick down doors. I don't care what it takes. This will not fail. This is so fucking important that it's going to happen. But at the same time, it's not about me. This is not about the excess. This is not about the success of me. This is not about some bullshit fucking egotistical, like self-aggrandizing masturbate. Like this awful fucking quote unquote legacy. That that is that shit is the. Are you fucking kidding me? So what the most important part is getting more butts on bikes, whatever it takes. And if whatever it takes is me not being part of it, then so be it. Where does this go? What is the expanse of this? Is this strictly going to stay in within your community? Is this something larger? Uh, oh no, we're okay. going to take over the fucking world. <laughs> are you kidding me? Me small scale. Well, here no. I am. Here I am in the in the Northwest, and I'm I've I've uh, I'm going to stand on a soapbox for a second here and talk about the mm-hmm. fact that I've been pissed off that that we've got a sport focused around, and I've said it forever: um, middle aged to elder white guys uh, out riding their bikes and getting fat. Mammals. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, the, I've I am in a perfect example of this. I have probably 17 bikes in this house. That's sad, but why am I not giving these bikes away to kids? Why aren't kids getting out on bikes because when i was in the 80s somebody looked at me and said you should try bike riding and a uh, bike racing and i did and i fell in love with it and it changed my entire life i as as a person sitting here in spokane washington how do i become a part of this how do i do i have to start it on my own is this something that where do i go from here it, it, you somebody who started this on your own On my own? No. Well, no. You. This whole thing started. How do I start it here? Yeah. Okay. So, how do you start it there? Um, I mean, I, honestly, what it comes down to is having a priority. What's the biggest priority? What's the most important thing? Getting people on bikes? Well, then. Facilitate yeah. it any way you can. How do you do that? Do you donate those bikes to a co-op? Do you... Do you fund, I mean, how, if, if getting more butts and that, and that's, I guess what I'm asking is, is what are you guys doing and, and where do you see this expanding? And is this something that with a hundred thousand dollars is, is this something that could eventually grow to larger and greater and all of a sudden, holy shit. Yeah. 
that's that's what I really want. I really do want a community of people like like you up there in Spokane. I want I want people to take the initiative and say, well, okay, if you can do it in Albuquerque, fucking New Mexico, let us do it up here. Fuck the licensing. We'll open a new chapter. And that and that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's not about the brand. And and it's about the vision. And ultimately the vision is more butts on bikes, however we can. So if if it's a Spokane chapter and the Spokane chapter gets a federal grant and they work with people in need to get people on bikes, and, and ultimately that's what it is. It's not somebody in Albuquerque, New Mexico giving away free bikes. It's literally a bicycle project. It's an yeah, ongoing developing vision for getting people on bikes regardless of what it takes if you're giving away bikes if you're giving away your bikes to get that guy on his bike take a picture of it fucking hashtag it more bus on bikes and you're part of the bicycle project and that's and that's what it is it's this of it's this comprehensive this cohesive it's a community driven bicycle project it's a project that can be that can be started from whether it's someone who wants to actually incorporate and get licensed as a part of a nonprofit, or it's your average dude like you with 17 extra bikes in the house (laughs) who says, I want to get more people on bikes. What is my, what's my prerogative here? Where am I going with this? And it has to be internalized. It has to take, it has to start. It starts from all of us. It starts with one person. What can I do to get more butts on bikes. And honestly, so um, have you seen the account Gravel Try Hard? I love it. I found that because of you. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. One of my favorite humans on the planet. She is so hilarious we were brilliant. So yeah. we, were having, we were having this conversation about getting more women to races. And we were talking about how guys, so many guys in the industry, quote unquote, the industry, um, <laughs> how so many guys are like, oh, I want to see more women in racing. But they don't actually ask, how can I? I get more women into racing, whether it's driving women to races. Sometimes, honestly, like in in the early days of my privateer career and in the late days of my pro career, um, sometimes it was about a tire. Do you have an extra tire? Yeah. Do you have a tire I can I can borrow from you for today's race? Do you have? Hey, do you have a chain? Yeah. Maybe, Are you kidding me? Possibly. I got piles of that shit in my house. Yeah, so, exactly. So when it when it comes down to it, okay, so what I want is I want everybody who loves two wheels, this is my goal. I want everybody who loves two wheels to say, I love bikes. Bicycles are the shit. How can I, asterisk, asterisk, <laughs> get more butts on bikes? How can I and I want I want people to fucking own it as their own personal bike project. I want them to take it and say, this is my bicycle project. How am I, emphasis, underline, italics, I don't give a fuck. That's where the emphasis needs to be because how can I, as Amanda Batty, get more bikes, butts on bikes? Well, I can bully people into getting on bike. I'm just kidding. I can, <laughs> I can give, I can use what I have to get what I want. And that's the thing is what do we want? What is the end goal? What is my job? My job as an athlete was to supposedly get more butts on bikes, but none of that is what I actually did as a quote-unquote athlete. What it was is a self-promotional, sponsor-promotional bullshit game of who's the coolest fucker on Instagram. 
That's not getting yeah. more butts on bikes. If we're completely and a hundred percent transparent, that is not the job of an athlete. An athlete is designed to be an ambassador who gets asses on seats. And if yeah. you're not doing that, you're fucking doing it wrong. Straight up. And I will and I will quote me on that in fucking court. Because and and I did it wrong. I did it wrong for so many goddamn years until I realized that paying for race entries and getting women to races, regardless of what it took out of my pocket or out of my sponsor's pocket, was the most important goddamn thing. Running women's clinics, running women's course walks, run, making sure people felt comfortable in a goddamn shop, that's the important shit. Okay. It yeah. doesn't matter what races we win. Now you're creating... Now you're creating... A movement, um, and I. None of that stuff is important. This no, is the I bicycle agree. project. I agree, and um, I I happen to I'm on a web page right now, and morebuttsonbikes.com is available, and I am buying it right now, and I will give it yes! to anybody who yes! wants it. I will give it to any fucking buddy who says they're going to use it wisely. I just purchased it. Um, yes! so, um, because that's, that's a fucking movement. That's a fucking movement. That's the movement. Yeah. And if you want, we can make it point to the landing page for the nonprofit. Absolutely. And all it is, <laughs> listen, I'm always going to, I'm going to be out there. Like this is what I, I do now. This is what it's about. And, and, and this is get about getting people excited and, and the More average on bike. Yeah. Yeah. You that's said that, that about 12 times. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's about. So. No, we, we we now own it. So uh, we so, own it. Yeah, We're exactly. In, and that's the thing is, I want I want people to realize that it's not an it's not an us versus them. It's a we. Yeah. We and and honestly, that was that is also property of my incredibly sweet superhero boyfriend, who actually is as good as I. Make I gotta him out meet to this him. fucking Social guy. Media. No, he's he's, he's, he's ruining it for the rest of us. But uh, but Sorry. that's okay. Sorry, yeah. guys. I know. Ain't no <laughs> <laughs> totally a fucking wifey. Um, no, but like we, that, th so like he wrote me, he wrote me a note because he writes cute notes because, you know, like that's what they do in romance novels. Oh, novel or something. Jesus. Um, no, he wrote me a note and he said, I love you and I believe in the power of we. Oh. And we talk about, we talk about the us, we talk about the yeah. we. And we talk about that on an interper like an interpersonal, intimate level on a regular basis. And it's, it goes back to this healthy source of, okay, there's you. There's me, and we're each our individual people, but there's also a collective we. And now we live together. As of this week, we live together. Whoa. And so it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, zero to 60, what's up? <laughs> um, no, but it's, it's this incredible power of we, and I want people who care about bikes. I, and that's things, I don't give a shit about the bike industry. Notice how I say, I want people who care about bikes. I want people who care about bikes, who also care about people, to designate themselves self self-identify as a we we are in this together we are a fucking community we have a job to do yeah and yeah. and i think that when people identify as that when people realize that they are part of something that they are needed that they are wanted that they are individuals who have a unique calling to do something really fucking important and really fucking cool and incredibly fucking fun that yeah. that that is you can do all of that and that was kind of like the prana dream job thing like okay and it was it wasn't really like a 
it was like it wasn't a why like why are you doing this it was a why the fuck not yeah I had a yeah. hundred thousand reasons why like can we talk about that like i've got a hundred thousand reasons why i should film this three minute video yeah and and those reasons aren't aren't actually the dollars those reasons are all of the lives because I mean, I told you this, I told you about this in the spring when you and I talked and I told you about the immense impact that had on me to watch the faces of these kids change to yeah. watch. Oh my God. Yeah. To watch this overwhelming response that they had to getting their first bike, to being handed something new that belonged to them. That is. Well, every person, that's on, what matters. every person on this podcast is full of shit. If they can't say that they remember that independence of riding away your first time and going away. Just the simplest form of having your own method of escape, of going into yes. your own world. I talked, I, I posted it's on Instagram. I posted it's on Instagram ours. today about the fact that I went for a two and a half hour ride today all by myself and I just got lost in my mind and I've been doing that for over 20 years and it is a part of who I am and we talked earlier in the show about what has cycling given to you it has made us I don't mean to be overly dramatic but it's made no. us stronger it's created our character it's created who we are and shame on us if we're not we giving that back individually yeah absolutely uh, yeah absolutely and why wouldn't we want to give somebody and that's the thing is like it has saved, it literally saved my stupid fucking life so yeah. many times, so much more than it almost cost me my oh, life. Oh, good God, yes. And why Why would I not want to at least give someone else the opportunity? And that's what it is. It is us handing someone else yeah. this incredible opportunity to find themselves like we have found ourselves. And Amen. I think that that is, it is a community, like that is the... That is the epitome of community outreach is yep. out, is giving some, is reaching out and saying, this saved my life. If this can help you in any way, here you go. And yeah. that, that sort of connection, that, that sort of we, yeah, that's the shit that matters. And anything beyond that, more butts on bikes. And even if I don't give a shit, if it's for one minute, 10 minutes or 10 years or a lifetime, just get on two wheels. Or three. Yeah. Like honestly, like, and there's so many, there's so many. And, and I, and I think of my friend, like Lindsay, like Runks, right? Like, yeah. so she's, so she's, um, she's paralyzed in a bike accident and her, her biggest thing is that she wants to get back on a bike. And the, the very thing that broke her is something that has transformed her. And that's, I think that's what love looks like. And, yeah. and to love something, to love, to love anything like I love bikes <laughs> and to love anything like I love the friends that have yeah. completed my life thanks yeah. to bikes is I want to give that to other people. I want I want to at least enable them to have that if they want it. So when are we going to find out about this? When does this this Prana deal come? When is it announced? Number one. And number so it's two, announced September 29th. Okay. And I expect everybody to go out there and fucking hashtag. And well, that's what them, I like, want to know. Yeah. Beg how do, them yeah. to give me this money. How do they do that? Please. How do the people listening to this show right now go out and say, fucking yeah? I have no idea. Okay. I honestly, I think so. It's decided by like in all seriousness, it's decided by a small community, like a small uh, panel. 
But they got a um, they got a tag some who what do they tag when they're posting anything just prana. on Okay, just P R A N A. I mean and, and I'm and this is me, like this is not the rules of the contest. This is me saying if you harass them, maybe <laughs> they will give me a hundred thousand dollars. But this is also something that like this is something that matters. Like I don't wanna yeah. be a musician. I don't want to dream my I want I don't wanna build my dream home in the woods. I don't wanna live in a tiny I don't give a fuck. I want to I want I want money so I can give it away. Yeah. Like give me your money so I can give it away. And that sounds really bad, but give me your money so I can give it away in the form of happiness because Amen. I know how to do it. And that's that's the key is I have done this. We have done this as a community. We did this. Yeah. We did this a year and a half ago. And I want to do it again because I know that it works. I know that it works. It's been proven to work. This model works. I'm in. Okay. There, there, there. I just said it. <laughs> well, so Pat, considering that you just bought a fucking website, yeah. I think you're in. Well, like, damn. I no, I just thought I was like, there. I was like, but somebody, I bet you got to have a great fucking domain name. Okay. There we go. So, um, if, if, you know, if it all comes through, it's, I'm going to give it to whoever can make it, make it perfect. So let's make it happen. Yeah. Let's make it fucking happen. No, Amen. I'm excited. And so next up is, uh, we're filing for a state nonprofit status. So NPO, Okay. In New Mexico this week, which is really, really exciting. I'm meeting with a lawyer on Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember. Um, thanks, Wine. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're filing for state nonprofit, and then we'll hire some interns, and we get um, the location will probably be at my house. Please don't blow it up. Um, <laughs> no, it'll, it's, no, the location is going to be out of my house for a little bit as we kind of get started, and then I'm trying to con my best friend, Michaela, into help. She's got a degree in public health education. Oh, wow. Um, trying to help her. Yeah. And so, and that, and that's the cool thing is when you focus on, when the vision focuses on community and what we can do together and the power of we, uh, thanks Mark. Um, when we, when we steal that, when we, when we kind of live that in every avenue of the outreach, whether it's trail building, whether it's bike paths, whether it's mechanics, whether it's free women's clinics, what is the we? And the yeah. bike giveaways are kind of, that's the mainstay, is just getting people on two wheels. But what is the we? And I saw a year and a half ago, I saw the power of this incredible community of people passionate about bikes. We had people coming out of the woodwork. Like, hey, I, I would get texts at like 7 a.m. Hey, I'm so-and-so. I heard about what you're doing. I yeah. wanted to reach out and see if you needed blank helmets, shoes, gloves, help mechanics oh you need someone to run it and and that's the cool thing is when people we did it in three weeks from idea conception to bike giveaway we did it in three weeks and so i know that this the community the passion and the love and the care there is so much power in the we and I found I sound like such a fucking sap, but like seriously, <laughs> we have so much power when we work together. Yeah, we have so, there's so much passion, and there's and that's that's kind of where the it comes full circle to diversity. When you include everybody who wants to be included, when you find space and you make room, you have you have all of these powerful, insanely expensive perspectives. Like you, like Fortune 500 companies pay a lot of money for private consultants. Like, believe me, because I was one for a number of years. And they pay a lot of money for these quote unquote perspective consultants. 
But if you can get people in the community to get, if you take advantage of all of the power of all of that collective community power, you can change so many lives. You can change so many lives. And that's what it's about. Okay. That, that is where I'm going to end it. That was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Let's end it there. I mean, I've, I know I've talked far more than I usually do, but I've I, 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 Hey, so do I. I love it. I love get, I love getting. We should take less time in between our conversations so they don't I you agree. Know, run into the, I into agree. the realm. But um, Amanda, God damn it! Good luck with this. I I I know that I thank you for supporting it. Should we should we hashtag Prana and then butts on bikes or something like that? Because yeah, if we yeah, roll, that's tag, what I'm going to start doing. So tag so at Prana. Yeah. And then hashtag more butts on bikes. It's going to happen. It's going to fucking okay. happen. Right on. Um, God damn it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for supporting the cause. As a late Heath Ledger said, as the Joker, I'm a man of my word. I dare you to challenge me. Log on. Morebuttsonbikes.com. Let's make a change. It wasn't just the booze talking, people. I think it's time. You know, I was watching TV today. Actually, I was watching my my news feed, and and the climate change thing is going on. Greta Thunberg, I think, is the correct pronunciation of her name. Sixteen year old kid who's, you know, taken taken into her own hands a lot that's going on, and and it had me really thinking watching this kid with the biggest guts I've ever seen and I was just amazed by listening to her talk and I don't care about your political perspectives this isn't that what that show is about but what I care about is the fact that she just went enough I'm tired of people saying that they're going to do stuff and I'm tired of myself saying I'm going to do stuff and so here we are you guys are we at a crossroads we a lot of you people listening to this show are people who have multiple bicycles in your house who've been riding for a long time who aren't going to ride those bikes who have a knowledge base of things to get people excited and get involved i'm not saying go out and start a team and be a coach and give up your entire life i'm not saying you know sponsor anything or put on a race i'm saying get somebody's butt on a bike and try to see if you can do for them what somebody once upon a time did it for you. I remember vividly the most crotchety guy I know in Spokane, Washington now, but back in the day, Gino Lisecki and another guy took me on a bike ride and Gino tells the story very insultingly by calling me a fat ass and things like that. But he and this other guy took me on a bike ride. I went, I think we did 30 miles, and I was, I was not an in-shape young kid, but it changed my life. And I'm tired of myself in particular. I can't speak for you. I'm tired of myself not helping other people do that. I don't know if this show is helping, and I don't want to step on that soapbox and suddenly assume that I'm doing something great here because it's probably just a lot of silliness and beer. But... We all know what this sport has done for us. And I think I want that website until somebody bigger and stronger and better than me can take it over and make it something magical. I want that website to be 
an opportunity for us to share our stories about how we're getting people involved in this sport and how the sport is, is, is better. I don't want to talk about the negative, negative elements on that website. Check it out, you guys. Go see what's going on. Yeah, there's a get involved button. I, I don't think I put anything to it yet. I'll, I'll put a call to action button on it. Um, I think there's a PayPal button on it. Don't freak out about that one. Any money that's made from that is going straight to Amanda's um, foundation and what she's got organized. And, and share me your stories. Tell me any ideas you have about how you're getting people excited about the sport and how we're changing it from this mentality that bikes should be off the road, bikes are in the way, cycling's dangerous, cyclists are all dopers. Let's, let's see how we can change that. Is that, am I, am I getting too overly dramatic? Fuck it, I don't care. But morebuttsonbikes.com. I, I, I bought the domain. Check it out. I'll talk to you next week.